This is the Citizen of Heaven podcast number 213, Childbirth, Part 2. I am Hal Hammonds, Citizen of Heaven, your embedded correspondent in Satan's world. Thanks for listening, sharing, and subscribing. BJ and Kylie Sipe work and worship with the Church of Christ in Danville, Kentucky. They host the Set Your Mind Above and Called and Worthy podcasts, respectively. Links are in the show notes. In part two of our conversation, we discuss how children can become a serious spiritual problem in our homes and how we can commit ourselves to the task of parenting, including and particularly in the hard times. Leah named her firstborn Reuben, meaning looked upon. His birth meant she thought God was looking on her with favor and that perhaps her husband Jacob might do the same. Eli's daughter-in-law named her child Ichabod, meaning no glory. The birth of a son was wonderful, and her own death a few moments later was tragic. But all she could think about was that the Ark of the Covenant had been lost to Israel's enemies, and that her husband Phinehas was largely responsible. One woman was focused only on her own issues, the other was focused only on issues of the nation and its sin. I would not dare to tell a woman in labor, this is not all about you. But it's true, nevertheless. It's never all about us. It's always about the bigger picture. How can we keep from turning the pursuit of a child or anything else into yet another idol? I think this is such a big point. You're right. I mean, please don't ever tell someone that while they're in labor, you will get kicked, but it's true. At the end of the day, are you healthy? Is your family healthy? Yes. Then your goal was accomplished and anything else beyond that is, uh, it's not about that really. I also think about talking about parents who can create idols out of their children. What is your focus? Where are your priorities? Are you so busy trying to make sure that your child is accomplishing everything that you want them to accomplish here on earth that you miss the entire reason you were called to be a parent in the first place? You know, children are not ours. They're on loan. They're a blessing from God. And we need to use that blessing for his glory. Are we too busy drilling it into our kids that, you know, good grades are what matter. College is what matter. Money is what matters. All of these earthly priorities, which in and of themselves, like we have to live here. We have to be here. Ecclesiastes talks about working hard and enjoying the fruit of our labor. That's all good and right. But when that becomes our sole focus and our main drive that our family revolves around those types of things, then something is wrong. And it's our job as parents to evaluate the heart of it and make sure that we are seeking after the good and the true and the right things, seeking after God's heart and teaching our children to seek God's heart. So idolatry, my own definition of it, trying to put it into my own words, idolatry is seeking for something or someone to fulfill what only God 
can fulfill. That I'm looking to something else other than to God for the things that God has promised. And they are not able to provide in the way that God can. They, they fail. All idols fail. But Romans 1, we'll start in verse 24 and go down to 25. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their heart to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. And I think what can really quickly happen is we can worship and serve the gift and look to the gift to fulfill our needs and our deepest longings and desires and and really our spiritual needs, rather than looking to the gift giver and understanding that it is only God that can provide security, true security. It is only God that can provide identity, true identity. And when it comes to parenting, how quickly our children can become idols in our lives, the things that we look to for identity, the things that we look to for joy, the things that we look to for contentment. And you'll find it in a lot of ways. There are a lot of different examples that we could spend time talking about. Let me just list a few that if this describes you, follow the breadcrumbs and maybe there is a symptom of idolatry in your life. If not having children is destroying your faith, then even without being a parent yet, you have made children an idol. If you continue to excuse the behavior of your children without disciplining them as God has called you to, and you consistently blame it on circumstances or someone else, rather than holding your children accountable, you've made your children an idol rather than serving God and being a steward with your children. Or if, I've seen this happen many times, you hold a certain understanding of truth, like with an issue like marriage and divorce, but then something happens to your child, they go through it, and and suddenly parents are like, well, you know, maybe I always saw that issue wrong. And it's always in a way that enables their children to be excused and to pursue whatever it is that they want. Who do we really love? Who is actually God here? And it's very easy for us to make our children into an idol, into really the position of that only God should have in our lives. One illustration that I got from Kyle Eidelman's book, Gods at War, which I highly recommend. Incredible book. But he talks about, I think it's called an arteriogram, but basically that they introduce a dye into the bloodstream. And when they do this, it's to check for blockages and be able to tell that there is a heart problem. But the problem with that is a lot of times the symptoms of a blockage 
are things like insomnia or back pain or, you know, things like that. And you treat the symptoms. You don't even recognize that you actually have a heart problem. And in our lives with idolatry, oftentimes we don't recognize the symptoms. We treat the symptoms, but we don't realize that they actually are rooted in a heart problem, an idolatry problem. And I think as parents, because you genuinely love your kids and are so grateful for this incredible gift God has given to you, that it is really easy for us to get that mixed up. I think with having gone through what we went through, the struggles that we went through to even begin our family, I entered parenthood with this very rose-colored view of my children. These are my long-awaited precious babies who could never do anything wrong, and I will love them my whole life, and they will love me you know, and just like built it up in my head because I'd waited for so long and I'm been through so much physically to even get to this blessing. And I find myself struggling to not parent from that place often because the reality of it is, yes, these are my long awaited blessed children that I love so dearly and would do anything for but God still comes first. And I have such a hard time with discipline. And BJ can attest to this. I hate discipline from like the depths of my soul. It absolutely breaks my heart, will wreck my day if I have to <laughs> inflict some kind of severe discipline. And by severe, I mean they're three and four, not severe, but in my mind, I just hate discipline so much. For the record, I don't enjoy it. No. <laughs> yeah. BG's very, oh goodness. I just, I really struggle with it because I don't think I ever wanted to think about it. Mm-hmm. And now that this is the stage of parenting that we have entered into, we have toddlers in the house and everyone knows how easy and delightful that is, I have to remind myself constantly that this is what God has called me to do. These are not my children. If they were my children and purely my children, I'd probably let them get away with murder because they're my precious babies who can do no wrong. But reality of the matter is they're not my children. God has given them to me to do his will. And my job is to teach them how to obey, how to respect, how to be the best people they can be for the Lord. And I remind them of that. When we are in the middle of something, I'll I'll go, Ava, I really don't like having this conversation with you. It makes mama so sad, but God has asked me to do this because he loves you and because I love you. And it's really hard because I have a tendency to make an idol out of that, out of my kids being perfect and everything being rosy, and it's not. You have to do the hard things. I think a lot of parents today are so busy trying to be their kids' friends first. And, I mean, 
Dane is so sweet. He'll say, you know, dad, you the best dad in the world. Or he'll say, you my best friend. And, you know, Ava will say something to the same nature. And I'm glad. I mean, I am friends with my kids. We play together. We wrestle together. We do things together. But it's not my job to be their friend first. It is my job to be their parent. God has given me a huge responsibility of stewardship, and it's about the kingdom. And again, this will lead into the third question. God wants me to prepare them to go out into the world and to be warriors, spiritual warriors. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than what I want. You look at a lot of the issues that we're having, serious, severe spiritual issues. You know, a kid can't go and get a tattoo at the age of 13, but they can go and get an abortion without their parents' consent at the age of 13. Or a kid can go and start taking, you know, sex changing, even though you don't, you can't change sex, but hormone gender reversing, attempting, you know, severe permanent puberty blocking hormones without parental consent. But many times it's with parental consent. That's the thing that gets me. How is it that these young children are getting pubescent blockers with parental consent? It's because of how selfish those parents are being. I don't blame the child at all. I blame the parents in 100% of those cases because of their selfishness. They do not see the bigger picture of what they're doing to the future or the life of their child or what it does. That's just one specific example of this, but we are called to be stewards with these precious gifts that God has given to us for His glory, not for our own. And that's what we need to be reminded of. Uh, I want to respond to both of those comments. Kylie, I will say this. You are the mother of uh, less than one, a three-year-old and a four-year-old, right? There's a decent chance you will get over the discipline thing. You will you will come to the point where disciplining is not the issue that you see it as right now. I don't know if that's good news <laughs> or bad news in your mind, but there's a there's a decent chance you will get over that uh, with a uh, with a good deal of practice and exposure. Having said that, what uh, BJ was just talking about there with regard to gender reassignment or for whatever the popular term is these days, I think this is a classic example rather extreme example, but nevertheless an example of parents wanting problems to go away the easy way. I want to make one decision and have the problem go away. Now, from a practical standpoint, from a medical standpoint, that's not what happens. But from their perspective, in the moment, this is one decision I have to make. If I can make one decision, all this stress, all this anxiety, all this self-doubt in my child will be reversed. That's what the doctor tells me anyway. Okay, I'll make this decision. I feel good about myself because I'm supporting my child, et cetera. And there are other examples of this also that are not nearly as dramatic as this, but it all boils down to the idea of how hard it is to parent a child and how much patience it takes, how much understanding it takes, how much love it takes, and how much wisdom to realize that the problems of the moment do not define this child even in the moment, let alone for the next 50 years for this child. This child 
won't eat their broccoli, or this child is 30 pounds overweight, or this child is you know, whatever that can't make friends in the playground or gets bullied or whatever it happens to be. These issues that seem like they are the only thing on the radar are in fact a local example of the kind of stress and difficulty and hardship that this child is going to face every day of its life for the rest of its life. And we as Christians should have a tremendous advantage with regard to this because we are ideally placed so that we can frame all of these hardships, these difficulties in a Bible framework. It's not mom and dad saying this is not that big of a deal. This is God saying it's not that big of a deal. You may or may not believe that in this moment, but I have confidence because you're an intelligent child and I'm a patient parent. I have confidence that 10, 15, 20 years down the line, you will realize that I was right about this. I don't have to have this work out in the next 30 seconds. It would be nice if it would. I'd get a lot more sleep that way. But I have to be prepared to to play the long game. That's what God's doing with us, after all. We are not shaping up to standard immediately. We define ourselves by our mistakes, by our shortcomings, etc. And God's working with us very gradually. We are coming along very gradually. That's what happens with children. And if we can have enough confidence in the plan and in the planner and stick to that plan, stick to discipline, stick to the instruction that comes from God, we have a decent chance of making this work out. But if you govern your entire child rearing philosophy on how it feels in the moment, how much sleep you're getting this weekend, or how many fights you've had in the last month or whatever, it's going to be a disaster. You can't do that. I've mentioned sleep several times in the last 30 seconds, and (laughs) our friend Kylie is just about to drop off over there because of issues directly related to this conversation. (laughs) Coffee. Coffee is good. I was just thinking as you were talking, it's a silly, you know, thing, but it's, it's applicable to what you just said. So my favorite kids show that we let the kids watch is called Bluey and there's an episode where they're trying to get their two daughters to do something or understand something and they're they're arguing and they say I've been on this planet longer than you. And so it leads to this whole game where dad plays, you know, born yesterday where okay, he acts like he was born yesterday. And throughout the whole thing he's, you know, pretending he doesn't understand how to interact with people or that chairs can't talk and all these things. And they're having to teach him. And at one point he just keeps asking why, why, why? And, you know, obviously he's just playing along with the kids and Bluey says, you know, you have to trust me. I've been on this planet longer than you. And it's like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. It makes sense because the roles were reversed. I love that episode though, because the kids have really grabbed onto it. And a lot of times when there is moments where we need to have discipline or where they want to battle with us, I tell them like, look, who's been on this planet longer than, you know, (laughs) you or me. And obviously the answer is me. And I feel like in many ways we are playing the same game with God. And there are things that we want to do our way, which leads to idolatry. And it can happen with our own children. 
So it comes full circle here. And God's sitting here going, no, trust me. Trust my will. Trust my way with this. I've been on this planet longer than you. Actually, I made it. (laughs) I created it. And um, it's just interesting how it kind of comes full circle with a lot of this. Thank you for listening to the Citizen of Heaven podcast. Please rate, review, and share so others can access this content. I encourage you also to join the Heaven Citizens Facebook group. There you will find links to related materials, conversation starters, poll questions, and the occasional special announcement. Also, check out the Hal Hammonds channel on YouTube for even more content. Until next time, be strong and courageous, fight the good fight of faith, and do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Hal Hammonds, Citizen of Heaven, signing off.